Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. There's such a presence of God here right now, and I know you're sensing that in your homes. This is really a time where God is with his people. Amen. And uh, just as we're about to move into a a time of just uh, giving and understanding the the concept of giving, um, I want to remind you what it says in Malachi, that God promises that he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing where there's not room enough to contain it. And as believers, as over the years or the time you've been a believer, as you've been giving and as you've been sowing into the kingdom, the promise is that God will open up the windows. He's going to take care of you in this time. And so that's my prayer. Father, I pray, God, for your people. Father, I pray, Lord, uh, that as we've been faithful, God, your word says, try me now in this, test me now in this, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. So I pray abundance over your people, God. I pray abundance over your people. I pray, God, that every need will be met in this season, in this time, even now, God, where people's hours are being cut and there's not there's uh, there's stuff happening in the marketplace that there's an uncertainty of what's going to happen. We thank you Father that you are our provider and in this time of need God you're faithful to provide. Amen. And so just if if you would uh, like to give there is if you go to our website on on the homepage there's a link that there's different ways you can give. You can give through uh, the Tithely app. Uh, you can also give uh, through e-transfer, and so there's all that information is there. You can give at any time, but I pray God's blessings on your finances in this time. God is always faithful. Amen. We're going to have uh, Pastor Peter come, and if you would come and share the word. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Uh, we certainly are missing not having you guys here with us this morning, but uh, but just the same, we're, we're just excited to come <clears throat> and, uh, and share in God's word together with you. And so we're just, uh, we're just blessed and, and just thank God for his word. And, and I'd just like to open in a word of prayer this morning. And Father, again, we just we thank you so much that, um, that you are the word, that the word belongs to you, and that you came in the flesh, Lord God. You came and revealed yourself to us. And we just thank you that as we come and look in your word this morning, God, that you're going to reveal things to us that just help us, Lord, to walk even in these days, to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And we just uh, just believe you for these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you know, uh, the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Travis and even Pastor Chris have been sharing on guardrails. And we decided to kind of divert from that uh, this morning, just in view of some of the things, of course, that have been going on, which is why you're not here with us this morning. Uh, but I just felt I've been reading um, over the last while out of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and I just want to share this morning with you on faith and uh, just some of the things um, kind of connected with that, that, uh, that I just trust will be a blessing for you this morning. And starting in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Uh, It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith, you know, it's the substance, right? And and the New Living Translation there, it says that faith is the reality of the things hoped for. You know, faith is is the thing in your life, my life, you know, as we're believing on Jesus, even in in these times. 
Uh, that's the thing that is the reality of what we're hoping for. So uh, this, this verse here, it's not saying that faith, um, that faith is, is making sure of the things that we're believing. What it means is your faith, the way that you live out your life in these times, it shows whether or not you truly believe in what you say. And, uh, you know, we know if we go to James chapter 2, and I won't go there now just for the sake of time this morning, but in James chapter 2, and James is exhausted there, that, that faith, real faith, living faith, uh, has works accompanied with it, right? We live what we say we believe. We live in that style. We live that out. And so this morning, that's the kind of faith that we want to have. And, you know, I don't know if you're sitting at home today, uh, whether you've ran out of toilet paper or not. But, uh, you know, I know that's a big thing. It's just crazy, isn't it? Uh, in these times, people, uh, you can't even go to the grocery store and, and buy toilet paper now because people are, you know, they're, they're just allowing fear to come in. And they're going out and a whole bunch of people buying stuff up, hoarding it to themselves. And uh, I want to touch on that later. But, you know, we don't want to live in fear. We want to live in this faith. And faith that is alive has you know, that work accompanied to it, which means we don't go out to the store and, and buy a ton of toilet paper and leave other people in need. That's not real faith. That's not living faith, okay? We want to have a faith that, uh, that is alive. And as we go on here, that's why down in verse 6, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're seeking after God, and you know, Pastor Travis has been exhorting us lately, going through Psalm 91, just learning to abide, you know, in the shadow of him, being close to him, right? Spending time with the Lord in, in his word, spending time in prayer, staying close to God uh, in these times. And, you know, when we do that, God promises, he promises that he's going to be a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means you're going to have the toilet paper you need, okay? <laughs> you're going to have the things that you need. I know I went looking for butter the other day, and, and I had to wait, you know, my second time or something there before I could even find some butter. But, you know, again, the same thing. God is going to reward us. God is going to provide for us in these times. It's so important that we just learn to rest in our faith. And it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, do practical things to provide for yourself, provide for your family. But we don't want to be those who are allowing fear to overtake us and, and not allowing us to rest in this kind of walk that we're supposed to have with Jesus. You know, this, this place that he's our provider, right? He's, he's our Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that provides. And he's going to reward you as you rest in him, as you walk by faith. Going on there in, in verse 7, and I just want to, this, uh, as you know, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, it's talking about a whole bunch of people who live by faith. And you and I, we want to live by faith. Jesus uh, encouraged us, taught us how to live by faith. And we have a whole list of people. I'm just going to touch on about three this morning. And in verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, was moved with godly fear, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So there's a couple things I just want to bring out. First of all, by faith, Noah, it said he was divinely warned, and he was moved with godly fear. 
I just, I just want to bring that point out is that, is that when we walk by faith, we are a people who are not absent of fear. We are people who have godly fear, not a fear of the world, not a fear of lack, not a fear of the things that the world fears, but we're moved with godly fear. And that's the thing that Noah had because he walked by faith. He, he feared God. He feared, you know, standing before holy God. And, and not walking in righteousness, not walking, you know, in love towards his fellow man. And, you know, in times like this, we need to be thinking not just about our self-preservation. We need to be thinking about how can I help my next-door neighbor? How, how can I reach out to them? How can I help them in these times when they're facing, you know, so many uncertainties, okay? And so we want to be those who realize someday we're going to stand before God. And give an account of our life. We're going to stand before God and say, you know, how did I live my life out in this time of uncertainty and, and, and things? We want to be those who are showing a life of faith. And, and we're moved with a godly fear. But we know that that fear is we're, we're, we're serving somebody who loves us, who cares for us, and who's providing for us. And so, uh, so faith, then, is not absent of fear. Because it has godly fear, but it's absent. It pushes out the fear of the world. Um, and then we go on there, and it says, um, so as a result of that, Noah built an ark for his family. Okay? He built a place uh, to provide for his household. And it says that he condemned the world, and he became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. You know, somebody who is an heir... Uh, is someone who is going to possess something that they do not yet have. It's, some, it's somebody who's coming in. They're going, they're going to possess that thing. It's, it's being passed on to them. It wasn't theirs, but they are receiving it from, you know, and we know that we are heirs with Christ, right? And I think the thing that is so um, amazing here to think about is that Noah himself realized that he was an heir of righteousness, and I think in the in the day in which Noah lived, you know, he he lived in a time where um, there was a lot of ungodliness in the world. There was, there was a lot of fear in the world, and people were living lives that were not after God. And um, but he was an heir of righteousness, and and that means I think part of what that means is that Noah realized that what he saw out there in the world, he saw that some of that was in him. He, he realized that he needed to inherit a righteousness that was not his own. Now, he was a man of God who, who sought after God and was seeking God, but he knew that apart from God that he was nothing, that his righteous, his own self-righteousness was not enough to save him. And so <clears throat> God speaks to him and tells him to build an ark, and he responds in obedience to that, right? He responds to that. And, uh, and he becomes an heir, it says, of the righteousness that he knew that he was going to inherit from God. And I want to bring that out a little bit later about I was just resting in that. You know, in these times of uncertainty and, uh, you know, you're wondering, sometimes people wonder, well, am I going to get this coronavirus? Am I going to get sick? And it's just we have to learn to have this place where we rest. And it's like I'm not going to escape anything of my own accord anyways. You know, I'm only going to escape these things as I look to God and trust in his righteousness. And that's what Noah did. And that's the thing that marked him as a man of faith. 
uh, going on here, uh, and actually in, the, in uh, Psalm 55, in verse 19, and uh, Brian's just bringing it on the screen for me, uh, it says, God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from of old, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. You know, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. So again, we just see faith uh, comes with those who learn to fear God. And then in Psalm 53 and verse 4 to 5, it says, Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God. And then in verse 5, it says, There they are in great fear where no fear was. There they are in great fear where no fear was. You know, that's amazing when you stop and think about it. And I want to tell you what, what I understand that means. It says, there they are in great fear where no fear was. It means that those who don't have a fear of God, those who don't have that godly fear like Noah had, then they end up having the fear of the world. Then they have this fear of lack. And so those who... Uh, they're in great fear where no fear was is because they don't have the fear of God living in them. And so fear, therefore, the fear of the world pushes in on their hearts and overtakes them. And they allow their actions to follow after their fear, after the, that fear of those things instead of allowing that godly fear and that faith in God to really be that which, which protects them. So, you know, that's just a blessing that we can, uh, you know, just come and allow that faith, allow that godly fear that we're going to stand before God and just allow that to flow through our lives and become a blessing to other people. Uh, moving on here, in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10, and it talks here now, we're talking about Abraham, and we all, we've all heard about Abraham. Abraham in the scripture, uh, he's often what we refer to as the father of faith, he was a man of God. He was living in another country. And I'm not going to read the scripture, but I'll let you go there in verses 8 to 10. But he was in another country. And God called him to leave that country and to go to another land, which we know was the land of Canaan, which God was promising to him and his descendants. And he left there by faith. He left the place where he was, and he went to the land of Canaan. And he obeyed, and he did that, as I say, out of faith. But when he gets to Canaan, if you go back, sorry, I didn't look up the scripture verse for you, but I think it's around uh, Genesis chapter 20, somewhere in there. But he, uh, he gets to Canaan, and then this famine comes over the land. And so Abraham now, he goes to the place where God called him to go to, right? But now he's in this time of, of famine. He's, he's in this place of need. And so, as we know, he goes down to Egypt, and on his way into Egypt, he tells his wife, Sarah, who was a very beautiful woman, he says, look, you're probably going to kill me in this place because you're a beautiful woman, so they can take you uh, as their wife. And so he says, just tell them that you're my sister. And so as a result of this need that arises in, in the hour in which Abraham is living, we find this weakness in Abraham, right? This fear comes up in him to preserve his own life. And so he ends up having Sarah to do this for him. And the point I want to pull out of all of that is that 
Abraham leaves where he was in obedience to God. He operates in faith. He goes to the land. He says, but when he's there, this trial comes into this, this, this testing, if you will, comes into his life. And a weakness in his life is exposed. And I just want to say to you, you know, if you're listening this morning, if there's a weakness in your life, go to God with that weakness, okay? Don't be ashamed that you have that weakness, but go to God and say, God, help me with this. And that's what Abraham had to do. You know, we, again, as I say, we look to him as a father of faith, but, you know, God was so good to show us what was going on in Abraham's life and, and how he wasn't perfect. He might have been a man of faith, but he had to grow in that faith. And here you on our IR in this time, we have to grow in our faith during this time, right? We have to walk by this. And so Abraham went through this time. He went through this time of weakness. And I just want that to be encouragement to you. You know, when you have anxiety, when you have these things, it's not just that you have it. It's not that that comes to you, but it's what you do with it. It's how you respond to it. And, and just like Abraham, he came to that place where he learned to overcome and he did grow in his faith. And uh, we know he became a great man of God where he came to place trusting in God in such a way he was able to offer up uh, his son. And of course, we know he didn't have to follow through with it, but he didn't know that when he started down that road, right? But he, was, he came to that such a, a deep relationship with the Lord, such a trust and loving God that he was able to come to that place where he was willing to offer up his own son. You know, uh, and I just think, you know, during these times, uh, as we've already said, you know, people, people going out, buying things, hoarding things, you know, I would rather live, and I want to encourage you, let's be people who live like Elisha, or Elijah, sorry. Uh, you know, Elijah, there was a time, too, when he was in the land, and there was a famine, and God directed him to go uh, to a particular brook at the time, you know, where he could find something to drink. And it said the ravens came and, and they brought food to him. And then after that time had passed on, then Elijah, he, he was directed to go to this widow's place in another land, another country even. And, and God provided for him uh, in this widow's place. She had a little bit of flour. She had a little bit of oil. But it says it never ran out. And so uh, it never ran out. And so, therefore, God provided for them, right? And I, I would rather be somebody who, like Elijah, during a time of need, I'm living by faith. I'm, I'm trusting God to provide for me instead of going to the store and buying everything out so that I'm just trying to preserve myself and not trusting God to meet my need. And it's interesting, you know, finishing off of this uh, story of, of Abraham, um, in verse 13, it says of Abraham, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but seeing them afar off. They were assured of them, and they embraced them, and they confessed them. And, you know, we don't think of dying in faith, do we? We don't think of that faith is something where you die in faith. But, you know, that's exactly where we want to be is because Abraham realized that what he was going to inherit wasn't here ultimately on the earth anyways, right? He looked, it says, the scripture says, he looked for a city whose builder and architect was God. And that's ultimately what we're looking 
forward to. And that, that just keeps everything in perspective for us in times like this, you know, in times of uncertainty, is just realizing that God is going to be our provision. And we are looking like Abraham for that place of, um, of a city where we're going to dwell eternally with God. And then just uh, finishing up here, I'd like to go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23 and pull out uh, Moses here. And it says in verse 23 uh, of chapter 11, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, he was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. So during this time, a time of uncertainty, right, for, for Moses' parents, you know, here's this little child that they have, and instead of fearing the king's command, uh, they took him and they hid him, it says, three months. And one simple little truth I'd like to pull out, you know, we live not just in this time of the coronavirus, but during this time in the culture where our culture is at right now, there's a lot of people that would seek the spiritual death of our children. And we need to hide our children, right? Amen? We need to hide them in the word of God. We need to teach them up uh, in the ways of God. It's important that we hide our children from the things that the culture would otherwise try to put on them. Um, so just that encouragement uh, for you parents out there, you know, hide your children in that sense. Provide for them what they need. But it says, if you go back to um, Genesis and uh, in chapter 2, verse 3, it says there that when they could no longer hide him, so, okay, they hid him for three months, but there came a point where they realized they couldn't keep this thing a secret anymore. Uh, they couldn't hide him. And it says that um, <clears throat> they took a, a basket, made a basket out of bulrushes, and they took this thing and they put uh, like a pitch, it says. They used this pitch to line the basket with, to put Moses in and to put him out, as we know, on the Nile River and just see what would happen there. And we won't go into the full story here. But does that sound familiar to you? They took, when they couldn't hide Moses anymore, they built this basket of a bulrush and they lined it with pitch. Well, we just talked earlier about Noah. And, you know, when Noah built the ark, it says that he took the ark and he was instructed by God to line that thing on the inside and the outside with pitch. And, you know, that pitch uh, is what sealed the boat, right? That's what kept the water from leaking in. That was what was going to keep the water from leaking in uh, on this little basket that they were building to put Moses in. And, you know, that pitch speaks of the blood of Jesus Christ. And, you know, Pastor Travis is, is coming in a while to lead us in a time of communion. And I just want to say, you know, as we are people who are seeking to live by faith in these times, everything that we try to do, you know, if, if we're not trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, then all the works are for naught. If, if Noah had built that boat and, and hadn't lined it with pitch, if Moses' parents had built that little basket and hadn't lined it with pitch, all the water would have soaked in, and all the work that they would have put into that, it would have sunk. It would have been lost. And, you know, everything that you and I do now, if we're not ultimately trusting in the blood of Jesus Christ that covers it, that pure blood of Jesus, that holy blood of Jesus that was shed for you and me, 
And if we're not trusting that to be a part that covers our lives, and again, as we've been talking about this past week out of Psalm 91 and, and taking communion in that, you know, if we're, if we're not trusting in the blood of Jesus, then everything that you and I do is for naught. It's just, it, it just becomes our own self-righteousness. And those who live by faith are people who don't trust in their own righteousness. They are a people who trust in the righteousness that comes by God and, and covers them. So I just pray this word, just, just been encouraged. I just want to leave that with you. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Travis now, and uh, he's just going to come and just lead us in a time of communion. So God, just bless you guys today and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen, Pastor Travis. Amen. Well, we're going to take up communion together, and um, this is a time of trust right now. You know, I'm, I'm a simple person, as someone said to me the other day, talking about the toilet paper issue. I went into the store. I had to get some, uh, we have no canned food. I said, I should buy a few cans of food, right, to go with the rice, you know, in the worst case scenario. So I, I'm panicking, so I go down the aisle, and I realize that there's lots of canned food, but then in the next aisle, there was no toilet paper. And I thought, well, if you don't have food, you're not going to need the toilet paper. And in reality, you know, if you time your bathroom breaks with your showers, you're okay. So just, uh, it's okay. It's, <laughs> these things shall pass. Amen? All right. So I wanted to just talk about communion here for a moment and how important it is. Over the um, uh, next week, I'm going to be doing devotions on communion. I'm actually going to talk about communion next Sunday. Um, just as I've been reading it, God's opening this thing up like never before. And this is really a time for us to trust in the blood of Jesus. You know, there's so many things in the Old Testament that are types and shadows of the new covenant. And we see that when the Israelites were in Egypt, they were in bondage and they were in slavery. And at that time, Moses said before they left Egypt, he said, what you're going to do, there's a plague that's coming. And I want you to go behind your closed doors and you're going to take a male lamb or a male goat and you're going to eat and partake of that male goat. It has to be a goat or a, a lamb that, um, that has no blemishes, a one year old, and you're going to take that and you're going to eat it and you're going to take the blood with hyssop and you're going to put it on the doorpost and you're going to stay in your homes that night. It's kind of like where we are now. We're staying in our homes. That that angel of death will pass by your home. Why? Because it sees the blood of the covenant that God had with the children of Israel. And I'm here to say that we've been given two ordinances as the body of Christ. Two things we're supposed to do. Water baptism is one, and the second is communion. And Jesus said, as often as you drink, as often as you eat, do it in remembrance of me. Because when you take communion, you're proclaiming the finished work of the cross, which includes your salvation, your healing, your deliverance, and your safety. Amen? And who are you proclaiming it to? You're proclaiming it to the unseen realm. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but spirits of principalities and wickedness in high places. There's an unseen realm that's in operation, and they see you taking communion and declaring that the body of Christ, I, I partake of the blessing. I partake of the cup. And actually, when we read here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, or verse 15, it says, Paul says, I speak as to wise men, judge for yourself what I say. This is what Paul says. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not 
the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, it is, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. And I want to say this. Verse 16, Paul calls it the cup of blessing. And so all the blessings of Abraham, all the new covenant blessings, we're proclaiming in the spirit realm that we're a blessed people. And so we're going to just take communion. If I could have... If you want to grab that Pastor Peter there and come up with me, we're going to take communion together this morning. If you're at home, you have the elements, you can join us right now. We'll just give you a couple minutes. And if you if you can do this afterwards together as a family, you don't have to do it at this exact moment. But understand that there's power in communion. And so we're going to take this bread. Father, we thank you that this is symbolic for what your son did for us on the cross. He was bruised. He was beaten. His body was broken for us. And we thank you that by Jesus' stripes and wounds, we, his people, are healed. And so we partake now in Jesus' name. Let's partake. Father, right now, I thank you that there's healing flowing in every home. Father, we thank you that arthritis is being healed, cancer is being healed, uh, marriages are being healed, all sickness and disease is being healed. We pray that even the common cold is being healed right now, God, that we don't have to live in sickness, God. We can live in health, Father. So we thank you that as we partake of that, by Jesus' stripes and wounds, we are healed. We're proclaiming in the realm of the Spirit that we have received that covenant promise that by his stripes... We are healed. So, Lord, bring healing across uh, into every living room, into every room where this is being broadcast. Lord, let healing flow in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In like manner, we're going to take the cup. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. It not only forgives us of our sins, it washes us whiter than snow. It cleanses us. And we thank you that just as the Israelites would put it on their doorpost, and that the plague could not come near their dwelling. I thank you, God, that as we partake of this as a family, that we are a coronavirus-free church. We're, we're free from all plague. We're free from all curses because we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, as Pastor Peter said, our faith is in the finished work of the cross. Our faith is in God. We don't fear man. We don't fear what's happening around us. We fear uh, with rever- which means to reverence God and honor Him as the one who's in control. So we thank you, Father, right now, and we take of the blood, and we ask that it be applied to our homes, to our lives, to our children, to our elderly, to all those, even those who have had weak immune systems. We take communion, and we thank you, Lord, that we will be well and safe. And all God's people said, amen. Let's partake. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your people. We thank you that we're all going through this together. And there's light at the end of the tunnel, Father. We thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for even that a cure is being developed, that all of this is going to pass. 
And in the meantime, we take this as an opportunity to really draw close to our family members, draw close to one another. I really believe this is a time of reset. People are kind of coming back home and resetting in relationships. Don't spend all your time online. I want to encourage you, put that down, play some board games, do some yard work, hang out with one another, chat, get to know your family, and and just um, spend time with God. And for some of you, maybe you don't have a big family around you, spend time with God. You know, you, you can you can spend time with people as well through through Facebook and through different means, but but just take time to build relationships. There's a reset happening. And when all the when church comes back online, when we all come back to church, I believe it's gonna be there's gonna be fresh fire, fresh passion, and it, and the harvest is gonna come with it. And so we're believing that. So Father, bless your people this week. God, I pray that encouragement in Jesus' name. And come back next week because we're gonna be doing a teaching on communion that's going to be just amazing. And one last thing, if you need anything, um, if you can't get out, you don't have a ride, you need groceries, uh, you need some yard work help, whatever, please let us know. Email the church. We want to get out and support you and help you. We don't want anyone to be left alone at this time. Amen? Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.